Hey, welcome to the Bookish Life Podcast. This is Sarah. And this is Phil. We're back, Sarah. We're all back. We took a little break, but in full transparency, we didn't really take a break. Mm -hmm. We made a podcast. We just did not feel it was up to Bookish Life standards. (laughs) Which is saying something. (laughs) I mean, it was was pretty terrible. Your first thought may be, what? You guys have standards? (laughs) standards? (laughs) Yes. I was also thinking this morning as I was driving here, Phil, that I did, I have this book that I'm just, I've been talking about um, with everyone and I'm so excited about and I have so many thoughts and I was like, maybe one day we'll get to the point where we actually write down what we want to say instead of just winging it. Mm -hmm. Um, Back in, you know, when podcasting became popular, what, six years ago, Mm -hmm. I listened to a podcast called My Favorite Murder. Mm -hmm. And if you go back and listen to those podcasts in the early days, they were very much like us, just kind of winging it, yeah. just spouting things they feel, uh-huh. whether it's fact or not. Um, so maybe we'll get to their maybe level Maybe we'll get to day. their level. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't think, Sarah, that uh, recording a weekly 30-minute podcast would be, like, too onerous. But I'll tell you what, sometimes it's like we're just trying to jam it into the rest yeah. of our lives. If the energy's not right, it feels weird, like mm-hmm. if we're both tired. That's right, like last week. Last week was bad. Oh, it was bad. Maybe we'll, you know, when we retire our mm-hmm. podcast, we'll put no, out no. the B-rolls. That'll be for Patreon tier two subscribers. <laughs> I, was about, I was about to say for our funeral, but that was kind of morbid. <laughs> That's a little morbid. Yeah. Yeah. If if I die before you, uh, you can just play that. We'll play the B-rolls. Yeah. Play mm-hmm. that at, at my Here's funeral. Here's Phil at his best. That's right. Say, <laughs> Tasha, I got this. You don't need to do anything. I've got all this uh-huh. sound. Yep. Phil audio. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but well, Sarah, back. tell me about this book that is on your oh, mind. Okay. We alluded to it in the past. Yes, we have, I think, because I just started it. Um, but let's talk about it. Okay, well, there's a few things I want to say about it because um, it has taken me a long time to mm-hmm. get through it. It's mm-hmm. a chonkers of a book. Um, chonkers. Chonkers. Mm-hmm. That's what we say about my cat, too. <laughs> She's a chonkers of a cat. Um, it's a big book. And um, I'm listening. I started it in... Paper form. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Book. Yep. I started yep. You started as it as a book. But I sold them all. <laughs> so, <laughs> and this happens a lot. So I moved over to audio. And the audio is great, too. Um, but it's very, there's a lot of characters. I think it's about 600 pages. What is the title of this book? It's called Our Share of Night. Yes. And who's the author? It's Mariana Enriquez. Mm-hmm. So, but I was, I was saying all that to say it's taken me so long. And I've been so... Um, just invested in podcasts with the author and just learning about Argentinian history <laughs> that I have really neglected my other duties. So <laughs> I've got to get this book finished. I have about 50 pages left. I'll finish it today and then I'll move on to all the other things I need to read. But um, it's just a really great book. And and I was the latest podcast I listened to um, between the covers, I think mm-hmm. that's what Y'all. it's called. <laughs> um, she was a, a guest, and and the the host described this book as literary horror, mm-hmm. which um, we I think we did talk a little bit in our crappy podcast yes. last week about genre, yes, and how it's really come a long way. Yes. Um, and and I'm glad that the horror genre is kind of getting the recognition it deserves and can be called mm-hmm. literary because I really do think it's a it's a Fascinating reflection mm-hmm. of our culture. Um, but this isn't too, as I was telling Phil before the podcast, it's not too scary 
it's a good, like there's a chunk in the middle where we flash back to where the main character before he was even born and sort of how his parents got together. And his mother was from one of these rich, rich families um, in Argentina. Um, and it's kind of trying to break away because not only are they rich, but they're like connected to the darkness. Mm-hmm. So, um, so she's like, I gotta, gotta kind of break away. Um, but she was, um, an anthropologist. Okay. Oh, I was trying not to say archaeologist, <laughs> anthropologist. And, um, so like she uncovers all of these like cultural histories mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, and it, it reminded me a bit of Gabrielle Garcia Marquez mm-hmm. because we're, we're meeting all of these characters. But what I've found in the end is there, there are tons of characters, but even like this little, um, this minor character that you meet at the beginning, he has come around. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that we're at the end of the book with the son who was six at the beginning, and now he's 20 ish, um, that character has reemerged. And so she's just done a wonderful job of, of weaving together all of these characters in this story that talks not only about this family, but about um, class and culture in Argentina. So horror, mm-hmm. uh, what was the genre? Horror? Literary horror. Literary yeah. horror. horror yeah. So make a brief case because there's people that aren't into horror or yeah. they think they're not into horror. Well, I mean, they everyone think, likes oh, Stephen King. Yeah. But even, <laughs> yeah. So Stephen King, but they're like, you know, whatever. I'm not, Sarah, I'm not into horror. I hear that you love this book, yeah. but why? Why should they break through the wall and pick up this, this book? Sure. Um, that's a really good question. And I, and I think it goes back to, I, when I was in college, I loved horror movies. Like when Scream came uh-huh. out, I was a huge fan. As I've gotten older, I've kind of gotten away from it because it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, um, you know, there's, there's the genre, the horror that mm-hmm. follows all the tropes, the Friday, the 13th, the mm-hmm. nightmare on Elm street, the um, Halloween, all that kind of stuff. Um, but even in that it is, it is a reflection of the, the issues that we're grappling with mm-hmm. as a society. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so we have all of these really interesting commentaries on that craze. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just talking American mm-hmm. right now. Um, we have folks like Stephen Graham Jones, who I've talked about mm-hmm. before, and Grady Hendrix, and they they comment on the way we consume horror and what that says about us as a society, mm-hmm. too. Um, for instance, you know, back in the 80s, all of our victims, not all of them, but a lot of them were like blonde-haired white women. Yes. And we cared about them. Yes, right? we did. Um, not anymore, though. Well, and Stephen Graham Jones uh, says, you know, he sort of highlights all of these indigenous women who have been dying for Mm -hmm. decades Decades. Mm -hmm. um, that we don't even blink an eye at. Um, I don't know. So I just feel like that whole genre allows us to kind of look at what's important to us now. Yeah. Um, And even though I know very little about Argentina, um, the author Enriquez does a really good job of, I didn't, that's not important. Like I still understand what's important to these characters. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, the great big, um, I think it was like a, like an exodus of leftist uh, uh-huh. people in Argentina because of the dictatorship mm-hmm. that occurred in the seventies that brought a lot of writers to Europe and mm-hmm. to America. Um, and, and she shows us that, mm-hmm. you know, that's a pivotal moment in this book. So, I don't know. I just think horror is a way for us to kind of like, um, 
I don't know, just like anything would be. Or science fiction does the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's a way to talk about the world using a formula um, that we understand, we know, like, oh, mm-hmm. this they're hiding in the closet or they're mm-hmm. doing this thing. And then this final girl or the last mm-hmm. whatever is going to save the day. Um, so you kind of use that trope you're familiar with, those the structure you're familiar with to help you understand what's kind of going on. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things I enjoy about good genre stuff mm-hmm. is the ways in which you use a genre to get at. Yeah. The meat. The meat of life mm-hmm. to get to really existential ideas. Sure. And I think that sometimes genre works better than even just kind of normal literary fiction where you have people sitting around talking and there's some sort of like everybody represents something mm-hmm. or uh, there's a symbolic action or whatever. The, the horror sci-fi, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think Fantasy, they really have, a, yeah, yeah, they have a lot to say. I wonder if romance does too. What do you think about that? I'm, I'm just so ignorant of the genre. I, I kind of am too, but if, if any of you feel the same way about <laughs> romance, I mean, I've uh-huh. read a, f- a few books. Um, Linda Holmes, I think writes really smart mm-hmm. romance, um, where she focuses on things like body image and, um, not needing a man mm-hmm. to st- to find yeah. your happiness, that kind of thing. Um, so I think that it can still be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I'm sure it can. I mean, it's just because I've never tried it does yeah. not mean that there's not some really gifted writers oh, in that genre. Uh-huh. I don't read a lot of it either, though, so I'm, I'm pretty ignorant in that as well. But, um, oh, that was a big sniffle. <laughs> Matt, get rid of it. Um, anyway, so, yeah, that's what, did I say enough about the book? I think so. Remind us the name. So it's Our Share of Night by Mariana Enriquez. Okay. Yeah, so definitely going to read that one. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I think I think it might be one of my favorite books. I've learned not to doubt you when you really talk up. I a really book. Let, I latched onto things, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it becomes my. But you know, I kind of know what I feel like. I know what I like, mm-hmm. and I know what um, I think. I know what you guys will like too. Give it a few months, and you'll all be wanting this book. <laughs> so wait till the uh, Netflix adaptation comes yeah. out, and then you can tell everybody. You know, I read the book. Yeah. But it came out, you know, in Argentina, I think in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and I wrote down the translator's name, but I've already forgotten. I'm sorry, but it is translated. And that's the other thing that kind of blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, I couldn't imagine sitting down to write, to translate. I think I put a quote in here that I wanted to share. Um, I'm sorry, I'm doing that thing again. I can't, I can't find it. So we'll move on. What are you, are you reading anything? I am reading The Big Sleep by Raymond Chandler, a Philip Marlowe novel written in, I think, 1936. And my copy, it's super fun, is like a 1950s, uh, I think it's 1950 paperback of it. So it has like the noirish sort of cover and the little tag on the front. It's like, Marlowe knows the man-eater saw the murder, like that kind of stuff. Anyway, it's so fun. I'd never read any Raymond Chandler I picked it up in an antique store with my mom and I was like, I'm going to read this. And, uh, it's been great. Yeah. You know, you know, I love my James Elroy mm-hmm. and this is like definitely, yes. uh, yeah. somebody that was an influence on yeah. him. So, and it's all set in Hollywood and like, the thirties. Yeah. So anyway, what a glamorous. It's what a, yeah. Like just so crazy. Glamorous I mean, and dark. Dark, glamorous and dark. Yeah. The man eater. Anyway. And so, you know, they use words like dame in an mm-hmm. organic, natural way where the dame is that's across right. the street. There was a dame in my office. So I, when I, I've never seen the movie, but I know Humphrey Bogart plays mm-hmm. Philip Marlowe. And so Bogart's voice is in my head. And like the cadence that Chandler writes with, 
it's like the cadence that Humphrey Bogart used in all of his stuff, like short clipped sentences and never answering a direct question with an answer, but always like coming at it from the side. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so super fun. Highly recommend. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, if anybody's being read like 50 years later, 80 years later, they must be okay. There's a really great version, too, that's annotated mm-hmm. um, by a bunch of scholars mm. and I think film critics and stuff, oh, yeah. too. And so it'll have the text, and mm-hmm. then on the margins, it'll have annotations. Oh, that would be fun. Kind of commentary, yeah. Oh, it's a yeah. really neat really neat version if you want to start a little mm-hmm. collection. Yeah, there. for yeah. sure. That's great. Um, well, I had a thought about the second half of our podcast okay. this morning. Um, I thought what might be nice, I think everybody that listens to our podcast probably reads, Sarah. Um, but I think all of us know many people who don't read. Mm-hmm. Do you know anybody that doesn't read? You don't have to name names. Probably think of a couple of yeah. names. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we all know people that don't read. Um, most Americans don't read. Most Americans will not read a book this year. Mm-hmm. So you and I think reading is important, right? Yeah, we should have pulled up some stats for that. Well, the last time I looked, it was about 27% of Americans read a book a year. Oh, wow. That's it? I think that's it. Golly. It could have been the opposite of that, though. (laughs) It could have been 27% dope, but I'm pretty sure. with our facts. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a staggeringly low number. Yeah. So those of us who read are making up for the rest because you and I read more than a book a year. So we're covering between us, like, at least one whole neighborhood in mm-hmm. Fort Smith, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, wow. Yeah. But it, a lot of people don't read more and more, fewer and fewer people are reading, um, mm-hmm. novels and, and long form books. Uh, if they read it all, it'll be something short, like yeah. an article on the internet. Um, but, uh, I thought it would be fun to talk about, like, what can we say to people to get them to start, start reading, get them to pick up a book. How can we help you, our beloved bookish listener, uh, encourage people you know to pick up a book. Well, I think there's a lot of um, a lot of things to consider. I mean, if it's someone who can't read, there's that. Right. Um, if it's someone who just doesn't read because they don't have time, mm-hmm. I always try to encourage folks that you know. There's we all have seasons in our mm-hmm. life, you know. And if you're raising young kids and you only have you know, a few minutes at the end of the mm-hmm. evening to pick something up, it can be discouraging. Mm-hmm. If you, if you like reading, if you, yeah. if you have a history of loving uh-huh. books, um, that can be kind of discouraging. So starting small mm-hmm. is a good way to do that. Um, you know, sometimes you see people who come in, I see people who come in the shop and like their friend is a reader or the, the other person just doesn't like, Oh yeah, they're just like on their mm-hmm. phone the whole yeah. time. Um, and maybe they've just never made that connection with books. I think those are, that's the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. That's where you can maybe find something that they can enjoy. But the first thing mm-hmm. you have to do is uh, put a, the right book in their hands. Mm-hmm. Right. And they have to want to, and I think everyone wants to be a reader. Mm-hmm. Right. I think you want to like not be intimidated by yes. a book. Yes. And there's so many barriers, I think, when you get out of the practice. So I was going to tell a story mm-hmm. about what got me back into oh, yeah. reading. Let's, yeah, I'll stop talking. Um, no, that's okay. No, no. Because <laughs> uh, I think your points are really good about like and finding a, and those we, sweet. We're coming from all yeah. over the place. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I had, you know, my career involves a lot of reading in, in school mm-hmm. and in life. And so by the time I'd gotten into seminary, I had stopped reading for pleasure completely. Mm-hmm. I had to do so much reading for my classes that mm-hmm. I just stopped. 
And I missed it because I grew up when I was a kid, I would read before bed mm -hmm. um, every night, read all sorts of, you know, YA type stuff and that sort of thing. Um, so the books that got me back into reading for fun mm -hmm. was a series called X-Wing Rogue Squadron. Ooh. And it was a series of five novels about uh, Rebel Alliance pilots uh, after the Death Star got blew, Such blown a nerd. up. I am. But they were so fun. Yeah. And it was so different and than what I had to read. Aren't they all different authors, too? Uh, these were all a set. Oh, they, were. they were all. Okay. Yeah. But there's in the Star Wars reading mm -hmm. universe, uh, there, there's a bunch of different Yeah, ones. I think there, that's really cool. Yeah. There's three by a guy named Timothy Zahn, which are great, mm -hmm. like really good. And some of the characters that he created have shown up in the Disney shows. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so there's all sorts of fun stuff. But it was like... At first, this won't surprise you. Like, I didn't tell anybody I was reading those. Like, I mean, why would you? Why would you? But now, like, oh, yeah. I, I admit to everything. But that's what it took to get me back into it. So that started it. And then once I'd finished those, I wanted to read something else. Yeah. And so then just slowly and surely, I started to look for more and more interesting things. And then I tried for the first time in my life to read a work of literary fiction without having it been assigned to me. Mm -hmm. And it was a book called The Tree of Man by Patrick White, who's an Australian writer. Oh, wow. And I finished it. And then I knew, like, yeah. I can do, I, I can do this. I can do hard things. Yes, I could. And, and I also- <laughs> And enjoy it. Enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. There were beautiful passages in that book. Sure. Um, and so then it was on. Mm -hmm. But still and yet, like right now, Raymond Chandler, not- literary. Yeah, that's I mean, okay. But yeah. it's like, it doesn't matter. Sure. Like, it's what I felt like reading. And that's the joy for me mm -hmm. is just following what I feel and getting out of this mindset from school where it's like, I have to read certain things. Mm -hmm. I have to read them in a certain amount of time. And if somebody else says they're good, I should probably think it's good. Like yeah. all those things are lies. Mm -hmm. Once you get into 100%. reading for fun, yeah. you read what you want, you enjoy what you enjoy. A lot of it is self identification, mm -hmm. like, like learning what yeah. you who you are mm -hmm. as a reader, as a, as an individual, mm -hmm. what you enjoy. Yeah. Um, and I think it really does grow you as a human in that yes. regard. And yeah, once you're able to say, I mean, just because Sarah likes our share of night, I mean, it's a great book, mm -hmm. but if you don't like it, that's fine. Right. And if somebody hasn't been reading, yeah, they're probably not, not going to pick like up yeah. our share of night and love it. Sure. So it's like, but they may be able to pick up pet cemetery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or they may be, and I'm not trying to Brady dog Hendricks. Stephen King. No, no, no. Yeah. Like, I mean, I read Clive Barker when I was a kid, another great horror writer who was super good. I had graders who yeah. loved Stephen King. And, and Dean Koontz. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if if somebody likes that genre, get them started with, like, those are really good writers who write for popular audiences and a lot of their stuff's been adapted. Yeah. And, uh, and they're engaged. Like, just read a book. Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be. Yeah. doesn't have to be Hemingway. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it can be. X-Wing Rogue Squadron, Sarah. Yeah. But, or it can be a book about trees that's or right. um, presidents yes. or whatever. I'm trying to think of what got me back into it. It was – I don't know if I've ever really had a, a time in my life where, where I could – I mean, right now is the most. I've ever been able to mm -hmm. just pick up what I wanted. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I was an English major in school, so clearly we did a lot of reading, um, a lot of thinking about mm -hmm. what other people think mm -hmm. about it. Um and whenever I stopped, whenever I graduated and moved into teaching, I think it may have been Harry Potter, like, because mm -hmm. I was trying to mm -hmm. read stuff my kids would enjoy. And, and that was like, oh my gosh, this is really fantastic. Mm -hmm. And so, 
And that was after, I mean, like the fourth movie was already out at yeah. that point. So I was pretty late to the game. Um, but at that, that was kind of when I, at that point, kind of always had a book on my nightstand. Yeah. That wasn't like, I wasn't being graded on or having to yeah. read. Yeah. And Harry Potter is another great one. I mean, so sure. many people came back to reading, I think, or started habits because of Harry Potter. Yeah. I remember when like the sixth or seventh one came out and I was at the like bookstore the night that it opened and the there was a, opening. Yeah, and there was a kid next to me and they saw how big it was. I mean, cause those were like a thousand pages sure. by the time it got going and they were so excited that it was long. And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. This is great. Cause um, they can be in that world. For yeah, so much longer. that's right. Just yeah. immerse themselves in it. So anyway, you know, it, I hope that people don't give up on the people that aren't yeah. reading. If you're a reader, and you believe in reading, try and help the people around you that you think would like it. Some people just, they just aren't going to read. And that's yeah. fine. It's not for everybody. Um, oh, I, I disagree. I think it is for everybody, but <laughs> we can't pressure them. Right. Um, yeah. But I also think like, you know, if you're a parent or if you mm -hmm. have small children around you, just show them the joy of it. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes they mm -hmm. see your example and, mm -hmm. um, you know, I didn't yep. do that very well raising my kids because I was busy and mm -hmm. I wish I would have spent more time reading with them. Um, but I also feel like, um, Cade has the the foundation mm -hmm. and once he realizes, Oh, I don't have to have fun every second of the yeah. day. I can have fun on my couch with a book. With like a he'll, book. he'll get there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's very individual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very personalized. And uh, another great thing, speaking of children, if, if you know anybody with kids under five, mm -hmm. get them registered oh, yeah. for Dolly Parton's Imagination Library. 100%. Um, yeah. If you're in Arkansas, it's, it's covered. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a, there's a state grant in collaboration with Dolly Parton's Imagination Library. So they'll get a book a month until they turn five. Mm -hmm. It's free. There are no requirements yeah. except that your child is under five. Yeah. Even if you have a kid who's Four years old. And Sign it's anywhere up. in the entire state. Is that correct? I believe that's right. The, because the I've, for seen, the state. I've seen people say it doesn't come to my house, mm -hmm. but maybe they're. You can go on the um, Dolly Parton Imagination Library and put in your, your address and it'll tell you mm -hmm. how it works. Some states, like my in-laws who live in Missouri, it's not available mm -hmm. because there's no state funding. But in Arkansas, we, we have state funding okay. for it. Um, and a lot of that work was led, by the way, by the United Way and our outgoing uh, president, Eddie Lee Herndon, who oh, really pushed such a gem. pushed on that uh, at the state level. Um, anyway, so so we have an opportunity here in Arkansas to get kids started very yep. young. They get very excited when the book comes to yeah. them. Um, there's a, a great video that Mitzi Little at the United Way made of her granddaughter, I think. Mm -hmm. And it was her journey with Dolly Parton's Imagination Library. So from like a two-month-old all the way up till she's four. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just various oh, clips that amazing. Mitzi put together. Um, so that's a great way. Is that way. on your website? Yeah, it's on the okay. United Way website. We need to maybe share that. Yeah. That'd be fun. And I mean, Mitzi would love that. And she did a great job with it. And it was a lot of forethought because mm -hmm. the child oh, is yeah. now, you know, I think five. Aged out. Yeah. Um, but... That's a great opportunity for you, even if you aren't related to the child, if you just know somebody who had a baby. Mm -hmm. I harass people about it more than I do about like going to church. Yeah. Like I'm like, get your child on Dolly Parton Imagination Library. It does I mean, anyway, uh, the book comes every month. You don't have to do anything and your mm -hmm. child will look forward to it. And even if you don't have time to read, putting the book in front of the child is beneficial. Exactly. And having a library for your child yeah. is beneficial. So anyway. 
Yep. There's lots of opportunities That's out there great, Phil. Thank you. to encourage people to read. And you know what? There is, Sarah, for adults, there's a public library. There I is. know we don't like to publicize this on the podcast. Oh, no. I love public but libraries. You can just walk in there. Yeah, get whatever you and want. And take a book and leave for free. And they will let you take it. They and do it, ask that you bring it back. They do ask that you bring it back. But that's one, too. You know, go grab a book. If you hate it, you've lost literally nothing. Yeah. It is such a beautiful thing, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Before you existed, I would walk in there and just go to the new arrivals mm-hmm. section, and I would just pick two things that looked semi-interesting, never oh, heard the author. You didn't send them Guardian reviews? I didn't. No, that's only <laughs> they're, you. They're missing out. I know. They, <laughs> I didn't feel like, would be as responsive to me as you are. They would have spammed you. They probably would have <laughs> blocked me. I'm surprised you haven't blocked me yet. Oh, wow. Anyway. Um, that's great. Yeah, know. yeah. Support your public library and um, sign up for Dolly Parton. Yeah. So there you go. So encourage people to read. Uh, Sarah will definitely help you if you come into the yes, shop, match say, a book to a new reader. My favorite thing is, you know, my 14-year-old son hates books. Bring it on. That's right. Yeah. I can find something your 14-year-old son will like. You can. Yes. I love this it. is a fact. Yep. All right, people. Sarah, shall we wrap it up yeah, for this week? I think so. Next week, I think, is the long-anticipated Phil and Skyler Anaximander I think so. podcast. I think we're going to do it. Trying to match up all three of our schedules has been a challenge, but it's going to happen, Sarah. I think so. It's inevitable. If not, we'll do it the next week. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's all right. right. Uh, you all have a wonderful day. Peace out. Bye.